Amen, amen. Let's everyone start making our way to our seat so we can get started. Amen. Brother Matthew, if you don't mind turning the CD off. Amen. Amen. You just hit the stop button on the CD player. Thank you, sir. All right. We got uh, Brother Matthew's pulling double duty in the sound today. <laughs> sound ain't computer. So we just want to welcome everyone here today. How many of you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. How many would rather be in the hospital? Amen. What? <laughs> oh, I get you. I heard amen. And she thought I said, how many of you glad you're not in the hospital? Let's ask it that way. How many of you glad you're not in the hospital? Amen. There we go. <laughs> amen. Amen. How many of you know you can have fun in the house of the Lord? Right? The Lord is joy. Amen. We just want to uh, uh, get through a few announcements here this morning as we get ready to worship him and uh, get into his word this morning. But we want to welcome everyone to Christian Fellowship Church. Uh, so glad you're here with us. Those that are here in person, those watching online, glad to have you there. If it's your first time here in this building, raise your hand. We just want to say hello, welcome. All right. If there is any, if you have any, ever have any questions, even for other uh members here that you may, may not have been here uh, too often. Uh, if you act the door greeters in the back, they have the name tags. If you need any information, like where your children should go uh, for their classes and things, they could help you out. And if they don't know, at least they could point you in the direction of someone who may know to help you out. So if, if it's your first time uh, watching online, raise your hand. Thank you. Okay. I've seen that hand. Amen. But just want to remind everyone, please stay connected uh, to everything we got going on. Um, we have several ways through social media uh, that you can stay connected. We have a website, which is welcometocfc.com. It basically has everything you need on there. Uh, Facebook, uh, where we give up-to-date uh, information plus live sermons, where you can uh, watch live services, should I say. We have a, a place for prayer requests, which is on the uh, website. We also have a prayer wall that you could post uh, your prayer needs. Uh, we have a, a place that you could listen to your sermons. We have where you could give online. And we have a YouTube uh, channel that has the, um, the sermons, the services up there. Uh, they're not live. They're posted a day later. So if you have not subscribed to the YouTube channel, please go subscribe to it. Uh, it helps it get out more uh, on things like that. It helps spread the gospel. Same thing with Facebook. Uh, go home today. Uh, and some of you may be uh, watching, have your phones right now that you use it as a Bible. Uh, you can share this message where it reaches more people, amen? So use social media to help spread the gospel. That's what we're saying with this, amen? So uh, also a reminder, tomorrow night, uh, New Generations will be uh, premiering their Sunday morning service on their Facebook page. Uh, so if your children aren't able to make it this morning to uh, uh, Children's Church, they could watch it online, that way they never have to miss. Amen. So also remember, a reminder for Wednesday nights, we are back at normal, normal, regular, I don't know what it would be, regular normal uh, services on Wednesday nights. Uh, in the main sanctuary, we're having prayer revival nights, uh, 7 p.m. Uh, starting there. They also have kids club and extreme youth on Wednesday nights. So 7 o'clock Wednesday nights, come on out, prayer revival, we're trying to... I'm going to talk about that a little bit in my message this morning. One of the things is that one of the things missing from Christians' lives these days, I believe, is prayer. 
and uh, how important prayer is. We talk about it more than we do it sometimes. Amen. So let, let's go on to the next thing. Uh, My Sister's Hearts Book Club will meet on Monday, April 19th from 5 to 8 p.m. in the cafe in the back. So, uh, ladies, if you're interested in that, uh, if you like reading books and discussing the things, uh, that's what they do there. Also, My Sister's Hearts uh, Spaghetti Dinner will be on Friday, April 23rd. Uh, across the street in the gym, they're having a spaghetti dinner. So if you're a mother, daughter, sister, or a friend of them, Come on out, invite uh, everyone. There's a sign-up sheet in the back. My tongue's not working. Sign-up sheet in the back that you could sign up. uh, That way to uh, get an idea of how many people's coming to know how much food to prepare. And also, men's fellow. We're going to have a men's fellowship the following Saturday, April 24th uh, at 11:30 p.m. We're going to meet at La Casa Mexican Restaurant. Uh, We're not going to take the church van. Again, it's just across the street, uh, so that we all don't have to pile in the church van with. COVID situation. We'll just meet at La Casa parking lot at 11.30 and have a, a men's fellowship lunch there. All right, so uh, there's a sign-up sheet in the back also for that if you plan on attending. So we just want to uh, say happy birthday to anyone having a birthday between now and next Sunday. If you, <laughs> Mason, you always get me. <laughs> if you're having a birthday between now and next Sunday, raise your hand. We just want to tell you happy birthday. No one? All right. If, if you're online, just write down that you're having a birthday in the comments. Wait, who? Where? Where? Tommy? Happy birthday, Brother Tommy. Let's tell him happy birthday. All right. <laughs> brother Tommy's having a birthday. What about anniversaries? Anyone having an anniversary between now, this Sunday and next Sunday? <coughs> Tommy, you? No? Okay. I just, I just <laughs> Amen. If you're having an anniversary uh, online, we just want to say happy anniversary to you also. So at this time, we're going to have our tithes, and we're going to pick up our tithes and offerings. And what I want to do first is tell you different ways you could give. If you're not here, uh, you can mail it in to Christian Fellowship Church, Post Office Box 1427, LaRose, Louisiana. Or you could uh, give online on our website at welcometocfc.com. Or you could actually text to give. We have available to that phone number, area code 985-304-2442 and give that way. But the best way to give is how? Being here in the house of God. Amen. So let's just stand to our feet as we get ready to read our uh, scriptures today for our offering. It says this, Ephesians 6, 11, put on all the armor of God uh, that gives that God gives you so that you will be able to stand up against the, de- the devil's evil tricks. Verse 13 says, so put on God's armor now. Then when the evil day comes, you will be able to resist the enemy's attacks. And after fighting to the end, you will still hold your ground. And 2 Chronicles 20:17, you will not have to fight this battle. Just take up your position and wait. You will see the Lord give you, give you victory. People of Judah and Jerusalem, do not hesitate or be afraid. Go out to battle, and the Lord will be with you. So take the offering in your right hand and raise it up and repeat after me this morning. Say, as I give in today's offering, I stand in unity with God, His Word, and the Holy Spirit. I stand together in prayer and agreement with those in my house. Believing God will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I can ask or imagine. I stand with my shield and my sword to war against doubt, 
and unbelief. I stand against all the powers of the enemy. I stand in my place and will not be moved. I will not give up. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So Sister Aliska begins uh, playing on the piano. We have three baskets just to bring you the offering to. Just come on up and drop it off in one of the baskets. ready to worship the Lord this morning. Amen. Okay, what are what are you the rest of you here for? Come on, I'm going to give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Amen. Jesus. Can I tell you something? This is, we're not at a golf tournament, okay? So you. let your praise out. Amen. We want to have yes. our, our call to praise and worship this morning. Notice what it says, Psalms 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord. Can I tell you something? He's not suggesting if you feel like. No. Uh-uh. Not if you feel like. Can I tell you we are commanded That's right. to worship God? Yes. We are commanded Thank to give you, God praise. Can I, Thank you, again, this is part of our message this morning. I'll, I'll talk about. Think about this. Satan was created as a beautiful angel would had instruments in his beings to, and led the worship of God in heaven. Then he sinned and was kicked out of heaven. Right. He was in charge of worship and wanted worship to go to him. Yes. Can I tell you something? That he takes things of God and perverts them. Yes, that's right. Thank you. you see, he doesn't want you to praise God because he knows you're supposed to. He takes things and everything God has, he takes and perverts and twists it the opposite way. You see, God is love. But Satan takes love and makes it lust. Yep. See, love, God so loved the world that he gave. See, love is caring for others and reaching out for others and, and those things. But lust is all about self. It's what gratifies me. You see? So we need to understand that we're here to worship God. Can I tell you this? Worship isn't for you. It's for him. Listen to me. Worship and praise isn't for you. It's for him and to be directed at him. We get benefits of it, which I'll talk about a little uh, later on this morning. But worship is commanded by him and it is for him. That's who we worship. Amen. So let's, let's get ready as we, we read our call to worship again. I want you to see this is a command. It's not a suggestion. He says, shout for joy to the Lord. Some of the earth. No. All the earth, worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. 
Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates, how? With thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Praise his name. And I'm going to stop here for a second. I want you to see why we have our services the way we do. Where we get ready to worship God. You see, in the Old Testament, which was a pattern and picture of how everything's supposed to be, when they went, when the 12 tribes of Israel went to war, you know who they sent first? The Judah, the praises. Yep. You see, we start first, and notice what this scripture says. You enter his gates and courts with thanksgiving and praise. That's how you enter. Okay, and remember when I uh, had the message, and I forgot the, the title of it, but where we talked about the, uh, the temple, the, whole, the, the holy place where you came in through the gates and they had the holy of holies. I put all the images up there. You see, you enter the gates. When you first come in, you come into that praise and worship giving thanks. But as you go deeper into it, you went to the holy place and then the most holy place where only the, the high priest went once a year. That's where it goes into worship. So when we come into God's house, we begin with our praises. And we, we, the Bible says God inhabits, lives, or dwells in the praises of his people. And so what I want to encourage you, if you, if you're, if, if you don't understand worship, hopefully after today you will. Uh, this could have been a three, four, four series because I'm talking about several things today. Three important keys, which praise and worship is one of them that you need in your life. But that I want you just to enter into worship today because what worship does it it takes us from the horizontal level and brings us back how many of you know when you go live throughout the week the world wants to knock you down right and the world begins to knock you down but when you begin to worship god you begin to focus on him and it brings you back up and you you focus on that instead of what's going on around you the the horizontal is everything all this mess that's going on in my life but be, with that mess going on, I need to focus on him yep. because he's the one that could deliver. I, I like to call it this. It's like the great exchange. When, when you come in and begin your praise and worship, the, your problems seem huge. But the more you worship, the more you praise, the more you begin to focus on him and less on your problems, your problems start to become smaller and God becomes bigger and bigger. And then you begin to trust him. You begin to know that he's there for you. See, that's one of the byproducts of worshiping. It's worship is for him, but it also does things for us. Yes. Amen. Amen. So let, let's read this uh, verse four again. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Amen. So this is what I want you to do. Let's everyone stand to our feet as we begin in prayer this morning and we get ready to worship. Father, I just come before you right now as we get ready to lift up your name and praise and worship this morning, Father God. We humble ourselves before you, Father God. We lift your name on high, Father. I pray right now that your spirit would move in this place, Father God. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray, and everyone shouts, Amen. Come on, put your hands together. Let's worship the Lord. See the clouds 
rolling I can feel the wind as they try to shake me I will not be moved My feet are on the rock
want you set free. This is your year. This is your year.
a beautiful job. God has anointed each and every one of them. Amen. And on that note, I just want to remind you, uh, you know, if you have anyone in the nursery, kids in the classes in the back and all those things, children's church, everything else, tell everyone you appreciate them. You know, let them know your workers know I appreciate you ministering this morning to our children. We appreciate all that you do. 
amen, the door greeters, you know, that uh, they're here early, way before everybody else getting coffee made and things like that. Because they love the Lord, they're serving God by serving people. Amen. Amen. All right. Matthew, if you'd put on those lights for me, please. Thank you very much. Uh, Before we dismiss our kids, uh, I have something I want to do this morning. Amen. How many of you are glad to be in the house of the Lord? Don't seem like many. It don't seem like many. It's like I'm not sure, you know. Amen. But I'm excited. I had the privilege of baptizing two people the other Wednesday night, and we have their certificates here. And um, I want to call them both up. They're married couple, so I want to call them both up together this morning so they could come receive their water baptism certificates. So Michael Danos and Mindy Danos, come on up and get their water baptism certificates. Amen. I'll just wait right here. And Sister Mindy. I want everyone just to stand to your feet and let's give the Lord a hand clap. That they, they, Amen. Thank God. Amen. God's still doing and working in people's lives. Amen. God bless you. Thank you all very much. So happy for them both. And so I told them the other day, uh, they're not at a water baptism, but they're Mike and Mindy. But I said, if I accidentally say Mark and Mindy, yeah, I'm from the, you know, I, I grew up with Mark and Mindy, so that's what's on my mind. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you're young, okay? Mark and Mindy was Robin Williams. He was the alien that came down, Nano Nano, uh, in the, I think it was the 70s or 80s, this was the show, uh, Mark and Mindy. So that's kind of scratched on my brain. So, uh, amen. But if you would, get out your notes this morning as we get ready to get started uh, today. I've got a message entitled, Made to Worship, I almost... Easily could have made this a three-part message with the three things I want to talk about today, but my main focus will be on praise and worship, uh, but, it's, but it's not specifically just praise and worship. So let's just go to the Lord in prayer as, as we get started this morning. Father, I just come to you today. I lift up each and every person within the sound of my voice this morning, Father. Father, I just pray that every deaf ear would be open to the spiritual truths of your word this morning. Father, I pray that every blind eye be open to the spiritual truths of your word this morning. Father, I pray that every mind would be able to comprehend your spiritual truths this morning. And Father, I pray that every heart be receptive to the spiritual truths of your word this morning. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray and everyone says, Amen, Amen. All right, so what I want you to do is, is just, let's just give the Lord a hand clap of praise again right now. I need everybody to be up and alert. Amen. Amen. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Amen. I got a, uh, on your notes, you see the word three keys. And what I want to talk to you about today is timeless truths about everything. Uh, the Bible, I believe, tells us Three key factors in our lives that as a Christian that you need in life. Okay, I believe there's three keys. There's, there's so many more things, but three fundamental keys of life that we need as a, as a believer. And the first thing is, key number one is the Word. We need to be in the Word of God. So as he puts that up there, the first key is the Word. 
We got that key up there? All right, there we go. So in your first blank is the word. And again, on all three of these keys that we're going to be talking about this morning, I want you to understand these are things God wants for you and desires of you. So guess what the enemy wants? You not to. See, everything God wants for your life and everything God wants you to do, the enemy doesn't want. When God knows what's good for your life, the enemy makes you think it's bad and vice versa. The enemy, what you, what the enemy wants you to think what's good for your life is bad. Okay? So the word of God, I think, is the, the key where we need to start. And we need to be in God's word each and every day. Okay? The God's word is key. So guess what the enemy wants to make sure happens to you? That you're too busy to get into the word of God. Amen. And Brother Kevin's working on this uh, barrel roll, so uh, we'll get that in a second. Uh, uh, as we uh, study God's word, we, Satan does not want you to know what God's word says ab about you or for you and things. So that's why it's important that we get into God's word, that we make time for God's word. You hear me? You got to make time to get in the word of God. Because if you're waiting to have time to get in the Word of God, Satan's going to make sure you don't have time. So you take time to get in the Word of God. So let's look at why. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. This is the message paraphrase. I really love the way it says it here. Uh, but notice what it says. Verse 16. Every part of Scripture. And this is what I always say from beginning to the end, and I know we, I've gone over some of this before, but from Genesis to Revelation, every part of Scripture is God-breathed. It is the Word of God. It, it, I like to say, say the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is timeless truth of God's Word. Things change. We don't make sacrifices of animals anymore, but because Jesus Christ went to the cross and was the ultimate sacrifice, but the principle, timeless principle, is that there still needs to be sacrifice for sin. But Jesus went and was our sacrifice. So that timeless truth that goes throughout the Bible says every part of Scripture is God-breathed. And notice what it says. And is useful for one way or another. And what, these are the things that it does. God's Word shows us what? Truth. It exposes our rebellion. When we don't want to accept God's truth, where we're not do, living God's truth, correcting our mistakes and training us to live God's way. He says, through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the task God has for us. So think about that. Through the word, we're put together and shaped up for the task that God has for us. So guess what the enemy wants to make sure you don't do is have the word. He wants to keep you out of the word of God because it's going to bring correction in our life. It's going to show us the truth. And what, what I want to share this morning is that you can, it says every part of scripture. Can I tell you, you can't pick and choose what parts of scripture you like, which parts of scripture you agree with. You see, if I think I can pick and choose what I want, he is no longer my God. You hear me? If I think I can pick and choose from Scripture the things that I want, again, this, the United States right now, 
or is picking and choosing what it believes biblical marriages, marriages. You hear me? But we have to go by the only truth. I cannot take God's word and say, well, I don't agree with this. Because when I say I don't agree with this, you are no longer my God. I'm in charge. I say what is right and what is wrong. So I, that's why it's key that we get in the word of God and understand whatever God's word says is the truth, no matter if I understand it, if I believe it or not. Or how ridiculous it sounds. God knows more than us. God knows better than us. It, things in his word may not make sense to us, but there's a reason behind it. God's word is true. Yeah, can I tell you this? If God's word said, when I cut, well, Scott, when you come into the church, you need to gargle with peanut butter, it wouldn't make no sense, but it, I would do it because his word said to. See, some things we may not understand. Some things we may not, a lot of people don't agree with. How many of you know, have children or grandchildren? How many of you, your child or grandchild did not agree with everything you told them? Right? Why? Because they know better. Can I tell you, that's what we do with God? God says that this is it, and then we all oh, know we know better. You see, we, we begin to take the place of God. And once I decide that I want to pick and choose what I believe, uh, what the Bible says, then he is no longer my God. I, I love the way it says, through his word, we are put together and shaped up for the task God has for us. For us. And I think about... Uh, a puzzle, like a jigsaw puzzle, you know, the pieces. God, through God's word, he takes all the pieces of our scrambled life and it fits together to make a complete picture. And that's how he corrects us and trains us and things. You know, sometimes we, we have anybody ever here made a puzzle and you, you kind of tried to force a piece to fit that didn't want to, right? That's not where it went. That's not where that piece goes. And you can't force it to fit. You can't force a square peg in a round hole. So, so let, let's go on to the next verse. James 1, through 25 says this. Do not merely listen to the word or do not merely read the word and so deceive yourself. Knowing what the word says and doing what the word says is two totally different things. You hear me? Knowing what his word says and doing what his word says are two totally different things. He says, it's not good enough just to know what it says. It's not good enough just to read the Bible if you don't apply it to your life. Because that other verse, it's talking, it's like that all scripture, it shows us our rebellion. It shows us our faults that we could correct the way we live. So it says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. And notice what it goes on to say. It says, anyone who listens to the word knows what the word says, but doesn't do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror. After looking at it, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. You see, I don't want to get caught up here, but 
when you look in a mirror, it shows you a reflection. And when we read God's word, it reads us. And it brings up convictions in us. And if we don't act on those convictions, that's what he's saying is basically looking at an imperfection and just turning away and forgetting that it's there. It's a, don't just uh, hear what, it, what his word's telling you to do, but put it into practice. And then notice what he goes on to say in verse 25. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law, and no, what, what does the law do? Gives freedom. See, the enemy thinks that, wants you to think that following God, this is all God's law things. oh, you're such in bondage. Really? You're not. You're as free as you could be when you follow God's word. You're living in freedom. God's trying to protect you from things that will harm you. Who thinks Adam and Eve were more free when they listened to God's law of not eating the fruit? Right? See, God's law brings freedom, not captivity. Sin brings captivity. He says, and, and he continues in it, continues in, in the thing, not forgetting what, what they have heard, but doing it. He says, they will be blessed in what they do. So I want you to understand that God is in charge. God is the one who calls the shots. Uh, God is the one who has final say-so. If he doesn't, then he's not your God. Right? Okay. So, looking in God's Word today, and this is one of the key things about God's Word, God's Word instructs us and tells us about everything. You, we would not know that we needed a Savior unless we read it in God's Word, because God's Word tells us we need a Savior. So it's key that we get into God's Word because God's Word tells us about everything else. So the second key I want to talk about this morning, out of the three keys we need in our life is the Word thing. The second thing is prayer. We need prayer in our life. Notice what it goes on to say here. Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in how? In his mighty power. How does God's mighty power work in us? Through prayer. You can't fight a spiritual, and this is what it's going to go on to tell us. That it's a spiritual battle that we face. You can't win it through natural ways. You can't fight a supernatural battle through natural ways and means. It says, put on the whole armor, of, the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against authorities and against powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We cannot fight these, these supernatural things in a natural realm. Again, uh, we, do, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we have issues against flesh and blood with people, right? People that have issues with people. But that's, let me put it this way, that is a fruit of a problem. 
It's because of the problem this happened. If everybody was saved in this world and loved the Lord and was walking in the, in the way that the Lord has, was led by the Spirit, there'd be no, no argument. Because the Spirit of God in me and the Spirit of God in you will never argue. It won't, it won't be wanting two different things. Know why our nation has all these things going on right now? Because there's a root of a problem of non-belief. It's people trying to walk in their own wisdom instead of the wisdom of God. Government officials walking in their own wisdom instead of the wisdom of God. You see, uh, I don't know how many of you know this, but uh, in a few weeks they're going to be having a vote in Louisiana that they want to, this is the title part, and there's so much worse than it, they want to legalize prostitution in Louisiana. And most people, oh, I would have never dreamed that. Yeah. But can I tell you something? We're going to fight that. We're going to ride our senators and all these things. But that's a fruit of the problem. We want to pick that fruit and get rid of that bad fruit. But if you don't deal with the root of the problem, you're just going to keep getting more fruit. See, the heart of this nation needs to change. God needs to move on this nation and change the hearts of people. That's the root of the problem. If we don't deal with the root, if, we still, if people never get saved, people don't uh, turn their hearts to the Lord, they're just going to keep making these fruits. That we're going to be fighting these fruits all the time, but prayer brings us to the root of the problem. Notice what Jesus says in Luke chapter 19, verse 25. <clears throat> and I want to share this with you for a second. As I was Preparing for this message, I think it was last Wednesday when I was cutting the grass here at church. I don't know why God speaks to me so much when I'm cutting grass here at church. So don't feel sorry that if you see me cutting grass. I don't know why God speaks to me, but he showed me this in my spirit as we were going and dealing, and dealing with prayer and, and about uh, things. And notice what it says. Jesus says this. When Jesus entered the temple courts, you could circle temple courts, he began to drive out those who were, se- who, uh, who were selling. And he says this, It is written, he said to them, My house will be what? A house of prayer. But you have made it a den of robbers. Now, so let's look at this. My house will be a house of prayer. He's in the temple. He went to the temple and, he, and sees all these things going, My house will be a house of prayer. Does the building pray? No, it's those within the building. Now, let's take it the step further. And I didn't put this in your notes. I was just going to share it, but I want to put it on the, on the screen. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, and tie this together. Old Testament, Jesus had not died and went to the cross yet. We're still dealing with Old Testament uh, teachings and beliefs. And he's saying, my, my father's house, the temple of God, will be a house of prayer. Timeless truths, timeless patterns. The temple of God will always be a house of prayer or is supposed to be a house of prayer. But people, what? They were selling things. They were, they were, it was more about them than what God wanted his house to be. Now, look at this. Do you not know? This is our spiritual truth for today. Do you not know that your body is what? Uh-oh. 
Don't you know your body is the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you receive from God? You are not your own. And then it goes on to say you were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. And this is what God had spoke to me on that day. Even as that old Jesus says, the temple, my father's house will be a house of prayer. As new as believers, we are the temple. God's Spirit's in you. Is he saying right now, this is a ho- this temple, this body is a house of prayer? Or not? Can you, you know, we have a prayer meeting last week and we have four people. Or I'm not trying to say anything because we only had four people, but it shows where our hearts are. It shows if our bodies are a temple of prayer that God commands. Jesus says, my Father's house, where God's Spirit's living in you now, will be a house of prayer, but you've turned it into, he's saying identity. In other words, you turned it into, it's all about you. What I want. You see, we never have a problem asking God for what we want from him. But we always miss what he wants from us. Think about it. My body is the temple where he lives. And he wants my body to be a house of prayer. Did Jesus pray every day? Isn't Jesus our example? The pattern we are to follow? And if it was so important that Jesus went spend time with the Father in prayer every day, what makes you think we're exempt from that? Have we become a, a den of thieves? That only time I pray is, be, is I need something from God? Got awfully quiet. This is a looking in the mirror moment. What God's dealing with you right now, don't leave and forget what he's done. Leave this place and be changed. Make daily prayer, daily in the word of God, daily prayer a priority because that's what God wants. We see it in his word. And what does his word do? It shows us truth. It exposes our rebellion. It trains us to live God's way, what God wants for us. This temple of the Holy Spirit needs to be a house of prayer. Let's move on to the next thing. The third key, we talked about the word, we talked about prayer, and I could have spent a Sunday morning on each one of those. The third thing is praise and worship. The word, prayer, and praise and worship. The enemy does not want you to get into God's word. The enemy does not want you to pray. And the enemy does not want you to give God praise and worship, which he deserves. Do you know... 
praise and worship are so important to God that he devoted a whole book in the Bible, 150 chapters, the book of Psalms, which means songs, of praise and worship. He put 150 chapters about praise and worship. Again, I always think back of that. That was Satan's job. Lucifer's job when he was created. He, he was in charge of worship. Boy, he don't want you to see you doing his job. You hear me? He does not want to see you doing what he knows he was supposed to be doing. Praising and worshiping God. Now as we, we look at these scriptures... Again, I, I've done a quick glance through uh, Strong's Concordance and worship, just the word worship, not in any other form, not in worshiped, worshiping, that's not even common. Worship is found 158 times in the word of God. Praise, which does not include praising, praiser, or anything like that, found 340 times. So over 500 times. Praise and worship is talked about. Then if you, like I said, if you put worshiper and all these things, it would just keep going more and more. It is very important to God. And again, it is one of the things that Satan wants to keep you from. What God wants and commands of you is the exact thing Satan wants to keep you from doing. So why do I need to praise and worship him? Letter A is God commands me to. God commands me to, is that first blank. And I did give other reasons, but that's a reason enough. Right? If God commands it, that's good enough that I should have no questions about it. But we're going we're gonna to explore this a little bit more. <coughs> God commands me to. I'm going to read Psalms 150 real quick through the first thing, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit more and break this up a little bit. Notice what it says. Praise the Lord. And then he repeats. Praise God where? In his sanctuary. And you could kind of think about that. This is the sanctuary of God. We praise him there, but also I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. So is, is my temple, my house, a house of prayer? Is my house, am I a house of worship to God? You see, that's what this scripture is telling us through all these things. He says, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary. Notice all these things. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Now that lyre is a stringed instrument. That's not somebody that don't tell the truth. Okay. He says, praise him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise him with strings, with the strings and pipes. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And I think too many times we read that and know what it says, but we don't do what it says. This word in Psalms 150, praise is a word I'm going to show you in the Hebrew, the Old Testament uh, Hebrew, what it actually means. Now, through the Bible, the, the word praise, there's seven words that define it, seven different Hebrew words. But the one here is, if you 
you're going to have to flip your notes over, I think, uh, to see it um, on the back. In Old Testament, the word praise that's in Psalms 150, listen to what it means. And then we're going to read it again and think of how different this should be. It, the Old Testament word, Hebrew word for praise is the Old Testament word numbered 1984, which is uh, the Hebrew word, which is H-A-L-A-L, halal, which is actually where we get the word hallelujah. And, you know, sometimes we hear that word hallelujah, and sometimes we've even dulled this word down. That Oh, we're going to sing hallelujah. Let's get some choir robes in. Hallelujah. But can I tell you, it means so much different than we think. Listen to what, it, what, what this word praise means. This is what God's telling us to do. It means to shine, hence to make a show, to boast, and thus be, listen to this, clamorously, which means noisily shouting, and loud, continuous noise, to be foolish, to rave, to celebrate, to boast, to commend, to make a deal, to make foolishly glory, to give light, to sing, to be worthy of praise, to renown, and to shine. That's what that word praise means when it says praise the Lord. And when I look at that definition of praising the Lord, all that it means, that means I, being letting it go for God. Can I tell you, that definition reminds me more of Tiger Stadium on Saturday night than churches on Sunday morning. Can I tell you, that, that definition right there reminds me more of the Superdome on Sunday afternoons than churches on Sunday mornings. But I don't know why. I, I remember a long time ago, LSU Tiger Stadium Saturday night. I don't remember if it was against Auburn or somebody. LSU scores a tight game. And on the LSU campus, half a mile or so away from the stadium, they have a thing that measures earthquakes. And the crowd was going so crazy, kind of this definition of praise, that it registered a small earthquake on the meter. You want me to tell you why? Because someone took a leather ball and crossed the line. Woo! Can I tell you, we're made to praise and worship. But Satan has taken and perverted and we end up giving praise and worship to the things we shouldn't. And we don't give it to the one who does. So I, I, people will scream and shout their heads off. Because a little pigskin crossed the white line, that means nothing. But yet for the one who sent his son to die on the cross and shed his blood and saved your soul, if I go to the ballparks around here, I got grandkids that play. This is just telling, showing you how we know how to praise. But sometimes we send it to the wrong place. Your grandson, your son, your daughter, granddaughter hits a little ball and, woo! Go 
Good hit, good hit, good hit. Woo! Awesome. Woo! Way to catch that ball. Woo! Shoot that basket. Woo! What? What are you doing? You're giving them praise. I'm not saying that that we should applaud our children. We should applaud our grandchildren. We should celebrate those things. But can I tell you that he is worth more than what they're doing? And and they're, oh, that's my boy, that's my girl. Well, that's my God. See, we know how to give praise. We know how to, to worship something. But the Satan has made us take it off of the one who deserves it and puts it everywhere else. So thinking what this means, notice what he says again. Let's re- go back to Psalms chapter 150. Praise the Lord. Make noise. Shout. Be foolish. He says, and this is not talking about being out of order in any way, okay? There is order in church and things of that uh, type thing. But this is not talking about it being out of order. It says, praise the Lord. Praise him in his sanctuary. How do we praise him? Clamorously, noisily shouting aloud, continuous voice, because I am so excited. I am so excited about God. I, or maybe we have more passion for other things than we have passion for God. Ooh, let's pull out those then. Right? I'm more passionate for my little grandson hitting a, hitting a baseball than I am for the one who saved my soul. Maybe our passion, maybe we're not quite as passionate for him as we thought. It says, praise him in, the mighty, in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. And then he basically says here, hey, strike up the band here. He says, praise him with the, uh, with the sounding of the trumpet and all these things. And, you know, sometimes people don't like a worship service or whatever, but I never hear people complaining at Tiger Stadium when, they, when you hear, let's go Tigers. Making sense? Okay. Then it goes, well, where am I? <laughs> he says, praise him with the sounding trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and the pipe. Praise him with the, have you ever clashed a cymbal? There's no quiet way to clash a cymbal. It says, praise him with the resounding cymbals that comes. He says, let everything that has breath do this only if you brush your teeth if you feel breath you are commanded it's not suggested you are commanded to praise the Lord let everything that has breath praise the Lord Can I tell you, sometimes we don't feel like worshiping the Lord and praising the Lord. That's why David said, 
I will offer a sacrifice of praise. And that's what I was talking about earlier, that the world beats us up throughout the week and through things, and we come into a worship service and we're just so beat up and we just don't feel like it. But that's where David says, David says, I will offer a sacrifice of praise. Because he knew once he started, it would lift him up. Let's get moving here. Letter B. I was made to worship. Why do I need to worship him? I was made to worship. Kind of what I was mentioning this morning. Worship is not for you and about you. Worship is not for you or about you. There's benefits we reap from doing it, but it has nothing to do with you. It's for him. Notice what 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 says. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, and here's why, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And then it goes on to say, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but you have received mercy now. And can I tell you something? Sometimes we forget that we still need mercy and grace every single day of our life. You didn't just receive mercy and grace the day you got saved and you don't need it no more. See, sometimes we forget. The Bible tells us don't think more highly of yourself than you are. See, it's easy to praise God when I start thinking about, whoa, amazing grace. What a wretched person I was. It's easy to praise him when I begin to think of that. What used to be and the way it is now. Let's look in the future here. Revelations 5, 13 and 14, because you were made to worship. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them. And they were saying, praying, declaring to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever the four living creatures said amen and the elders fell down and worshiped worship and praise will be continued forever but i want to ask you now would god consider you your temple a house of praise and worship let me just again some lanyette i want to read psalms 148 to you it's uh, 14 verses and notice what it says here. I'm going to go quick. But again, remembering what the word praise means. Again, we are commanded. Praise the Lord. And, and notice all this. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in all the heights above. Praise Him, all the angels. Praise Him, all His heavenly hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, you, all you who are uh, shining stars. Do you start to see the pattern here? What God commands, 
is praise. He says, praise him, you the highest heavens and you the waters above the skies. Verse 5, let them praise the name of the Lord for uh, he commanded, uh, for at his command they were created and he established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from earth. You great sea creatures in all the depths, ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds uh, what, who do his bidding, the mount, you mountains and hills, fruit trees and cedars, wild animals and cattle, small creatures and flying birds. And this is where we come in, is just talking about praise all the earth. Verse 11, kings of the earth and all the nations, you princes and all the rulers of the earth, young men and women, <coughs> old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord for his name uh -oh, is alone to be exalted. His splendor is above all the earth and the heavens and he raised us up from his, uh, raised up for his people a horn, which means strength, the praise of all his faithful servants of Israel, the people close to his heart. I don't think he excluded anything from praising him. So why do we praise God? Because he commands us to. Let's go real, real quickly here. We're going to wrap this up. Another reason why I should praise God is for who he is. For who he is. Psalms 145, verses 1 and 3 says this, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. We praise him for who he is. Letter D. We praise him for what he has done. We praise him for what he has done. Notice this. This is Jesus. Luke chapter 19, verse 37 through 40. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, Notice what it says. The whole crowd, circle whole crowd, every one of his disciples. That's not talking about the 12. That's talking about every one of his followers. Notice what they did. Began joyfully to praise God. In what kind of voices? Loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. In a loud voice. We got loud voices for a pigskin to cross a white line. We got a loud voice for a, a, a grandchild, a child, to hit a ball, to make a basket. But we have a quiet voice for him. And a loud voice. 
then it, then it goes, notice what happens. They were saying, blessed is the king. They're praising, giving, pr- joyfully praising to him. It says, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some, but look at verse 39. But some of the Pharisees in the crowd says, hey, rebuke them and tell your followers to be quiet. Get, rebuke them and tell them to be quiet. And Jesus says, if they be quiet, then the rocks will break. Do you see what, what's happening here? They were shouting with a loud noise. Let me go back to this example. How many of you think your, your child would really think you're encouraging them, your grandchild would really think they're encouraging them, is they hit it out the ballpark and you're there? Oh, I'm, I'm really praising you. And Good job. Right? You think they're believing that you're really praising and all excited about them? No. So why don't we give God the same amount of praise and enthusiasm that we give people? Why don't we give God the same amount of praise and as enthusiasm as we do when uh, we win the national championship for college football? It has no eternal value at all. It says, teacher, rebuke your disciples. And Jesus says, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. See, I don't know. Who's crying? I was going to ask my daughter if I could say this, but I didn't want to embarrass her. But I praise God because she was a teenager addicted to drugs. And waiting for a phone call to hear that she was dead. But my God delivered her, set her free. She has a family and is serving God now. So that's why I praise. Excuse me for praising my God. He is worthy. Satan has flipped this world over and we praise the stupidest, pettiest thing. But the one who can deliver you, that can set you free, we don't. We are commanded to praise him. Sorry if I embarrassed you. For what he has done. I want to show you an image that is found outside of a, I don't know if it's a naval air station, I forgot, in North Carolina. They have jets that fly in and there's an interstate that drives by and they put this because it was scaring drivers as the planes were landing. They said, pardon our noise is the sound of freedom. So can you pardon my noise is the sound of freedom. 
that song that we sang, Jubilee. Listen to the man singing who has been set free. Listen to the woman uh, singing and screaming those things because they've been set free. Maybe you're not rejoicing because you don't realize how much you've been set free from. So pardon my noise, but it's the sound of freedom. It is the sound of freedom. And I'm proud of all my kids. Michelle's right here. She's in that she's usually teaching Clyde 345, her husband's children's church pastor back there. I'm, I'm so proud of them all. That's why I shout. That's why I praise God. Because God is so faithful. To see her in church right now serving God with her family is worth any touchdown. <laughs> I would trade any touchdown. Last thing, let's go here. Letter E, because praise and worship changes everything. Praise and worship changes everything. Again, as I was talking, the Old Testament was a pattern and a picture that we follow through our life as, as, as believers here. And I want to show you in the book of Ezekiel where it was talking about how people are the worship. I want you to catch this, what it says this. When the people of the land come before the Lord at the appointed festivals, whoever enters by the north gate to worship is to what? Go out the south gate. Whoever enters by the south gate is to go out the north gate. No one is to return through the gate in which they entered, but each is to go out on the opposite gate. In other words, when you go into worship, you don't come out the same way. You see, what was happening here, it was keeping order that, that would flow. But it, symbolically, it is you don't go out, you don't come out the same way you went in. It brings order in your life. And that's what I was talking about earlier. You go through so much in life and throughout the week and you come in the house of God and you just, oh, I don't know if I could take it anymore. But when I begin to praise, when I begin to enter into the praise and worship, it lifts me up and I leave different than I came in. When I came in, my problem was so huge and God seemed so small. My problem was right there, but God seemed so far away. But once I come out of worship and praise, God's right there and my problem seems like nothing. It changes everything. Notice what James uh, 4.8 says. Come near to God, and He will come near to you. Verse 10 says, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up. Can I tell you something? Worshiping and praising God is a humbling experience. I know I'm going late already, but one of the hardest things for me to do when I first started coming church to church here was worshiping God. Because I, I wasn't raised with that. Where, where I went to church before, there was none of that. And they probably still got uh, worn out spaces on the varnish back there where my hands were gripping the pews. I wanted to lift my hands, but I was so scared and so nervous. But you know what? Sound of freedom is where I could lift up my hands and not be worried. I can lift up my hands and worship and praise and not worry about what anybody else is saying if anybody's looking at me. 
And I'm telling you, I used to sit there and I'd want to raise my hand and I started doing this. Woo! And it's the beginning of freedom. You see, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, it was from God. But many were perplexed. Because they did not know what it was. And you see, when I first started coming here, I didn't know what praise and worship was. I didn't know about it. I didn't know it was, it was something that God wanted and God commanded of me. You know, I could, I could go to a concert, a secular concert, and I, woo! Oh, and they're singing about the devil. They're singing about cheating on your wife. They're singing about all this stuff. Singing about taking drugs. And woo! But then I came into the house of the Lord, and I'm like, all of a sudden, where's all that freedom that went? Right? You see, Satan, he's perverted worship. Look at the world. They're, they praise and worship all kind of things. We're just as guilty. We've done it too. We went to those concerts. We screamed. For who? A mere human? But yet when we come to the presence of God in his house. Thank you. We'll close with this. Psalms 22 verse 3. And I even put King James for you here. But thou art holy. O thou that inhabits. Which that word means sits and remains for thou that inhabits the praises of Israel. See, God dwells in our praises. We get closer to we get closer to God in his praise and worship. The, the world starts to vanish and we, he becomes more abundantly clear to us. So guess what Satan doesn't want? He don't want you getting close. Remember Mary and Martha? Martha was busy doing everything else. All the world things. And Mary stopped with all that was going on in preparations. And sat at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus says, she has chosen better. It's to spend time in my presence. And God inhabits praises and worship of his people. That's why we worship. That's why I need to get into his word each and every day because his word tells me about these two other things. Again, there's many other things, but his word instructs us. His word instructs us on the importance of prayer. Is this body, is this temple that the Holy Spirit lives in now, is it truly a house of prayer like God desires? Is this body that the temple of the Holy Spirit lives in truly a house of worship and praise like God desires? Things to think about. See, we were made to worship. We were made to serve. It's something that's going to go on through eternity. It doesn't stop. Amen. Let's stand to our feet as we close. Father, I just come to you today.
and I lift up every person in the sound of my voice. Father, I just pray for each and every one of us, Father God, that we see these three keys in our Christian walk, Father God. Father, that the importance of getting into your word each and every day, the importance of being a house of prayer in our life, the importance of praise and worship in our life. Father, I just pray that each and every one of us will become a house of prayer, a temple of prayer. I pray that each and every one of us will become a temple of the Holy Spirit and that we worship you in spirit and truth. Your word says that a time is coming and has come when the Father seeks those who worship him in spirit and truth. For they are the true worshipers and the kind that the Father seeks. I thank you for that right now. And if there's anyone in the sound of my voice that has never accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, I don't want to leave without giving you that opportunity right now. And all we do is say a simple prayer, inviting Christ to come into our heart. I ask everyone just to say this simple prayer with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today, and I admit I am in need of a Savior. I believe that you love me so much that you sent your son to die on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. I believe he was raised on the third day and is seated at your right-hand side. I receive the gift of salvation that comes through your mercy and grace. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Let's give the Lord a good hand clap of praise this morning. Amen. 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 Remember, Wednesday night, prayer meeting, next Sunday, come with your praise face on. Amen. God bless you. We love you.